Hi there, and welcome to In My Words, Jumo Health's podcast series that brings the experiences of real patients directly to you. At Jumo, we provide resources for children and families to help them understand, manage, and own their health. Always remember to talk to your healthcare provider about your medical condition or treatment. Learn more at jumohealth.com. Some topics discussed in this podcast may not be appropriate for children. Support for this episode comes from Novo Nordisk, the maker of Novo 7RT, coagulation factor 7A recombinant. What is Novo 7RT? Novo 7RT is an injectable medicine used for treatment of bleeding and prevention of bleeding for surgeries and procedures in adults and children with hemophilia A or B with inhibitors, congenital factor 7 deficiency, and Glanzmann's thrombosthenia with a decreased or absent response to platelet transfusions. Treatment of bleeding and prevention of bleeding for surgeries and procedures in adults with acquired hemophilia. Important safety information. What is the most important information I should know about Novo7RT? Novo7RT may cause serious side effects, including Serious blood clots that form in veins and arteries with the use of Novo7RT have been reported. Your healthcare provider should discuss the risks and explain the signs and symptoms of blood clots to you. Some signs of a blood clot may include pain, swelling, warmth, redness, or a lump in your legs or arms, chest pain, shortness of breath, or sudden severe headache and or loss of consciousness or function. Please listen for additional important safety information at the end of this episode and in the show notes. And you can find full prescribing information by clicking the prescribing information link in the show notes of this episode. Hi, everyone, and thanks for tuning in. Today, we're with Kathy, a 23-year-old college student living in Northern California with a very rare bleeding disorder. She's here today to tell us her story. And let me tell you, this girl is one in a million. Hey, Kathy. Thanks so much for being with us today. It's so exciting to hear your story and to help raise awareness about Glanzman's thrombosthenia. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I'm 23 years old. I live in Corning, California. I live with my parents and my brothers. Uh, I have a little sister and, and my animals, of course. And, you know, on my free time, I just like to volunteer as much as I can. I'm a full-time student, so I try to do things that help me relax. You know, I do art. I like to paint. I like to do arts and crafts. So just anything that could get my mind off school for a little bit is really nice. And what are you studying in school? I'm studying psychology right now and I'm almost done. I graduate this year. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Thank you. So what made you choose psychology? You know, for the longest time, I wanted to be a nurse. You know, just growing up, it was always a thing in my house where, you know, my parents would say, oh, you're going to be a nurse. And I thought, okay, that sounds great. And then I started taking chemistry and biology, and I thought, this is not for me. And then I took some psychology classes in community college, and I really liked it. And I thought, you know what, this is it. And, and I always wanted to help people. And, you know, I thought that nursing was the only way to help people. And then I realized that, you know, mental health is a real thing. And studying psychology, you can really learn a lot about people. And they called me. Yeah, that's so great. And so you're almost done with school. Almost off into the world. Yes. And I suspect a lot of people that are listening to this episode probably don't know what Glanzmann's thrombosthenia or GT is. Can you give us some background? Yeah, yeah. So Glanzmann's is a genetic condition. It's pretty much just when your platelets don't work. So that means you don't clot as easy. You have the prolonged bleeding. 
a lot of women suffer from menorrhagia and, you know, it comes with, with the nosebleeds and the gum bleeds and the really easy bruising and the petechiae. And, you know, it's one in a million. So talking to someone who knows about it, usually pretty scarce. You know, that's why it's so important for, I think, the Glansman's community to hear this podcast and to see that they're not alone. So what are some of those symptoms that you've experienced and that others with GT experience as well? Yeah, so a lot of the GT patients for sure talk just about since birth, really, you know, symptoms are present since birth. And a lot of them talk about, you know, being born blue and purple and black. And it's just from all the bruising. And then from then on, things just keep on going, you know, in your childhood, it's the bumps when you fall down or, you know, my mom would say like the thumbprints from carrying me or the bruises around my waist from being in the stroller or like in the little thing where you walk. And then from then, you know, like the teeth falling down and all the bleeding. And then, of course, when you hit your teens, it's, it's your periods being months and months long. It's crazy to hear myself talk about it because it's such a normal thing for me. And, you know, when I say this to people, they have this look of expression on their face. And then I realize, you know what, this really isn't normal. And a lot of Glansman's patients feel that way, too. You know, when, I, when I, we get together, I've been to conferences with them and different events, and we talk about it like it's so normal. But I, I start to process it and I think, wow, if someone were to hear what we're saying. Mm-hmm. So let's learn a little bit more about your diagnosis. So you said that you were born black and blue when you were a baby? I was, yeah. I was born in Red Bluff, California, which is a tiny little town in Northern California. This was, you know, 23 years ago. And I just feel like, especially being Glansmans, people weren't expecting that. So when I was born that way, and I was my mom's first daughter, and she was really scared. But, you know, I pulled through. I think we were in the hospital for a while. But from then on, you know, the symptoms kept on coming. And and it's something that she had to adapt with. You know, I was, I'm, I am the only person with Glansman's in the family. My mom had all her family in Mexico for the most part. So, you know, her having my two older brothers at the time too, who are probably say like three and five, she decided to go back just so she had the support from her family to raise, you know, three children. My, my dad worked away. So it was mostly her raising us. Well, since I was born, you know, it was always the bruising from being carried, from your diapers, from falling, when your teeth fall out. And she knew something wasn't right. But where we lived in Mexico, it was so rural that she had no one to validate her. And, you know, she had to deal with my health by herself as, as a single parent, pretty much. You know, of course, my dad was present emotionally and, and for support, but he wasn't there. And so she had my grandparents helping a lot, which I'm so thankful for. And and she talks about having, you know, to rush to the nearest city, which is it's a small city, which is like 30 minutes away. And then the biggest city, which was hours away. And even there, they didn't really know what was going on. At one point, they thought I had leukemia. And she thought, wow, this can't be leukemia. And, and the treatment there was just really not what it should be. You know, we, we did a lot of blood transfusions, a lot of plasma transfusions, but it just wasn't enough. She just didn't know what was going on. And my health wasn't getting better. You know, if anything, it was being controlled in that instant, but it wasn't nearly where it should be. And so she decided to move to Chicago, which was where my uncle was. You know, he said there was a really good hospital nearby. It was a children's hospital. So we upped and moved. And there I was diagnosed with von Willebrand's. So you didn't have von Willebrand's and you were diagnosed with Glansman's thrombosthenia? Yeah, that's right. So von Willebrand's is actually one in a hundred people and Glansman's is one in a million. So for 
well, yeah, up till I was about 16, I was being treated and I lived thinking that I had Von Willebrand's. But the crazy thing was they had diagnosed me with Von Willebrand's type 1, which is the less severe out of the categories. And so we thought, this can't be it. You know, something's not right. And But I continue to live that way. And, you know, I, I continue to be treated for Von Willebrand's. And my quality of life was just awful. You know, it was always the constant bleeding and not being able to control it and not knowing what was going on. Constantly having doctors say, no, well, your levels are fine. Your, your levels are fine. And you know, often even being told, maybe you're not taking your medication right. Maybe you're just not following the plan. And and we were frustrated. And then finally, I went to a summer camp, Camp Emotion here in Northern California. It's a camp for children with bleeding disorders. And I was put in a cabin with a group of girls, some who I still know today, actually, which is so crazy, you know, 10 years later. And I started comparing my symptoms to theirs. And they would say things like, yeah, I don't bruise that easy just if I bump or, you know, yeah, my period is so crazy. I've changed my pad like three times today. And I would think to myself, you know, I just climbed on this bunk bed and my legs are toast and my hands and my fingers have little bruises on them. And I've been on my period forever and I've changed my pad like three times within this hour. But of course, you know, you don't want to say that because you finally think to yourself, wow, I'm in this space where I belong. And But you start to think, but I don't really belong. But, you know, you don't want to say that as a 13-year-old. So I thought, maybe I'm overplaying my symptoms. Maybe they're underplaying their symptoms. Something just isn't right here. And and shortly after, I had an appointment with my hematologist. And and I had shared all this with my mom. And she agreed. She said, yeah, you know, this isn't right. Something's not right. So I I said to the hematologist, you know, I don't think I have on Willowbrands. I met these girls and things are so different for me. And he said, well, what do you mean? Do you, is, do you want to have something worse? Is Von Willebrand's not enough for you? Wow. Yeah. And, you know, being 13, like, you start to think, wow, I'm silly. Or Yeah, that's hard to hear. Especially from a medical professional. Right. Yeah. And so I went home and I thought, no, maybe this is just the life I'm meant to live. And then when I was 16, they found, like, a, a large cyst on one of my ovaries. You know, at the time, they said it was a benign tumor. And they thought that that was what was causing my month-long periods. And they said, you know, if we can control your periods, we can control most of your symptoms, most of your life. And I mm-hmm. thought, yeah, totally. And they said, you know, we'll give you your Von Willebrand's treatment. You'll be fine. You'll go home that same day. So we went down to UC Davis Hospital. And I was supposed to go in for a laparoscopic surgery. And they got two of the little holes in. You know, I still have those little scars. and. I started hemorrhaging, so they did the emergency bigger cut. And then from what I've known is that they actually nicked something in there because there was still bleeding and they couldn't figure out why. So they had to go back in there. They did a double one. And I woke up about a week later, you know, and I had lost 20 pounds. We were in the hospital almost a month and it took me about almost six months to be able to walk again without pain. And, you know, it was I was 16 years old. I looked like I was like eight months pregnant from all the blood that's just sitting in your abdomen. It was the craziest experience of my life. But I start to think, you know, at the end of every disaster is a little bit of a rainbow. And after all that, we finally started doing some testing and it turned out I have Glanzman's thrombosthenia. So was that a relief when you were finally able to put a name to why you were experiencing all these symptoms and not getting better? It was. It was a little bit, but it was also really frustrating. 
It was frustrating because I had to live so long after continuously saying, this isn't right, this isn't right, this mm -hmm. isn't working. And then it was a relief when they said, yeah, you know, you were right. You, you don't have this. You have this, which is, according to textbooks, more severe. And I had said, you know, I, I understand that by giving it this name, you are now understanding that my symptoms are more severe. But I'm still the same person I was a year ago, five months ago, yesterday. My symptoms are the same. So, yeah, it was really frustrating. But at the same time, you know, I have to be thankful because if it weren't for that whole situation, if it weren't for finally being diagnosed with something else, I wouldn't be living the life I'm living now. How has life changed from then to now? It's changed dramatically in so many aspects. I mean, mental health-wise, it's nice not to feel crazy. It's yeah. nice not to feel like you're always exaggerating or you're upplaying your symptoms. And medically, it's nice knowing that there is a name to something that you have because I know a lot of patients out there are suffering from conditions that have no name or that are grouped into something like a platelet disorder, and that's about it. So by being given the name, you know, glansman thrombosthenia, I have more treatment options, and I'm able to go to a hospital or to a doctor and say, yes, this is what I have. And they can say, okay, well, let's treat that. And have you been treated for GT since you were first diagnosed? Well, since I was first diagnosed, of course, we threw out the old medical plan, which was being treated for von Willebrand's, and we started a new treatment we stopped the old type of factor I was using. And they said, you know, in case of a traumatic experience, we have to give you platelets. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's great. You have something that will finally stop everything. And, and they helped for a while, you know, until I started noticing that the more I would get, the less they would work. And then I would start getting these weird things like the first time I got a really bad pain in my back. And then the second time I was really itchy. And then the third time after I started getting the symptoms. I just, my body just, I felt like I was in freezing water and my body started hurting and I started shaking and, you know, I felt like I was in Antarctica or yeah. something. And Yeah, that must have been really scary. It was really scary. You know, this was also new and they said, yeah, we have something that's great for you. And now it turns out not only is it not great, but now if you're ever in a traumatic experience, car accident or something, platelets can't help you anymore. So then what? Yeah, so then something happened. They said, you know, well, we understand that platelets don't work. We have something called Novo 7. Some patients are taking it, patients with Klansman's. And I thought, okay, well, I was pretty skeptical at first because, you know, the treatment I was taking before, I would get almost every other day for a week and no improvement. And I thought, okay, whatever. You know, at that point, I was thinking there's nothing that's going to work for me. You know, this has been my life for 16 years. And the first time I took Novo 7, I saw an improvement in my bleeding episodes. So instantly I thought that this, this does work for me and, and it is helping me. Can you tell us a little bit more about what it is? It's, you know, it's a recombinant. So I have my little liquid part and then I have the little powder part and I could keep it inside my house, which is nice. So if I'm traveling, if I'm visiting a friend for more than a day, if I know I'm going to be away from my norm, I carry it with me and it's easy to travel with, you know, they're pretty small. So I always keep as many dosages as I think I would need if there were an emergency for the amount of time I'm leaving. Novo 7 RT should be stored between 36 degrees Fahrenheit and 77 degrees Fahrenheit. For complete storage information, please see prescribing information. Do you know how to infuse on your own or do you need help? Yeah, I can actually do it myself. And I actually learned when I was 13 years old so at 13, I was, you know, still diagnosed with von Willebrand's and I wasn't using any type of factor therapy myself. 
other than being in the hospital. And it was like an activity, you know, the point of bleeding disorders camps is to help children become independent adults. So a large portion is teaching children how to self-infuse. And at the time, you know, it was mostly for boys with hemophilia. But my cabin was super spunky and we said, no, we want to do it too. (laughs) And of course, they couldn't say no, Mm -hmm. you know. So my whole cabin went up there and we all did it together. All the girls infused together and we all got our big sticks, which is an award that you get for your first big stick. And that just gave me the confidence. And now I'm 23 and I infuse at home multiple times a month. And I'm so secure knowing that I can do it myself. And it's even better to know if I do need to do it myself, I have everything at home. I have my needles, my medication, most importantly, and all my supplies. It's so great to hear that you finally have a name for this condition that you've grown up with your entire life and that you finally have a treatment that works for you. But at the same time, it must still be difficult to live with such a rare condition. Like I said, you know, it's, it's a good thing that there is the label of GT, though, because once you're given this title for this condition, I feel that there's a sense of validation and saying, you know, you do have something, you do have something that's severe, you do have something that's rare. And so that, that does help a little bit. And so do you think getting involved in the community has helped you in that regard to kind of spread the message of reducing stigma and talking more about the types of issues that you're facing? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I think that being involved in the community is mostly, you know, I think it just saved my life emotionally. You know, I was really angry. I was really depressed as a kid because you're dealing with this thing that you don't know what's going on and you're just uncertain about your life and your future. And when you go to things such as camp as a child and you meet other kids, even if, you know, at the time, of course, I didn't know it was GT, but girls who are living with what I'm living through, you start to think, wow, I'm not alone. And then you grow up a little and you start going to dinners and events and you become an adult and you see, wow, there's advances in research or there's people who are truly interested in what I'm going through or, you know, oh, I can call up this friend that I haven't seen in 10 years and she's going to know exactly what I'm going through and she's there for me. And a lot of people really need that. I know I need that. The community is more than community. It's family. What advice would you give to other women with GT? To always be your own advocate, you know, and to always speak your truth and to speak what you're truly living with. You know, I feel that as women, often we feel that we can't be weak and we have to stay strong for others, not just for ourselves, but for others. And It's okay to feel the way you feel and it's okay to admit what you're living through. You know, I've I've heard stories of women who would hide the fact that they're hemorrhaging for months because they think that that's not okay or it's not socially acceptable to go to your doctor and say, hey, you know, I'm bleeding this much or I can't have sex because, you know, your your vagina gets bruised, things like that, that that they don't talk about. And if you're your own advocate and, you know, No one can speak your story but yourself, and no one can truly explain what's going on other than yourself. You know, just never take no for an answer. If you know something's not right, speak it, and and speak it loud and proud, because if you're not saying your story, no one else can. But more importantly, maybe there's someone else who can relate to it, and maybe you can encourage or inspire someone to share their story. Do you appreciate the fact that Novo 7 has been on the market for 30 years and has such a long history of helping patients with bleeding disorders and specifically treats bleeds for people with glansman's thrombosthenia? Yeah, knowing that it's been out for so long and that this company is still 
striving to better their treatments and to help patients with Glanzmann's and other chronic illnesses. And I can testify to it because I can vouch for the product itself and inform other patients of it. It's come such a long way. You know, it's amazing to think how far medicine has come to the point where I can keep my Novo 7 at home and I can use it at home. And it's easy. You know, I, I don't have to go to the hospital for it. It's right there in my closet and I can just grab it and infuse it myself and be on my way. That's great. And so has your experience working with your Novo Nordisk rep been positive? Yeah, you know, my, my Novo rep is amazing and it's so easy to get a, a hold of her. I mean, I was lucky enough to know my Novo rep from the community because I am so involved. And I know that my Novo rep will always be there if I have any questions. But for those patients and, you know, other people with Glanzmans who don't know, parents who don't know, who need the help, who need information about community events or opportunities, it's as easy as going online and Googling them. So you mentioned that you can go to your Novo rep to find more information about community events and scholarships and things like that. So what kind of things are out there for the community? Well, I think in order to figure that out first, you need to find out how to get involved and how to find them, right? So about every state has a chapter. So it's bleeding disorder chapter, hemophilia chapter, you know, they're named differently. But you can find those on the NHF website. So if you go to the NHF website, they have a list of all of the chapters in every state and they have the number right there. And, and so if you call your chapter, they will say, hey, you know, we have we have a dinner this weekend or there's a women's retreat or, you know, here, let me give you the information about even the hospital. The hospital is having some events for the bleeding disorder community. And it's more than just socializing, which is amazing because through socialization, you know, you can learn about yourself, you can learn about others, you can build support. But also there's things that we just need, you know, they offer assistance of any kind if you do need it. They offer information about different types of medications that could benefit you, everything and anything. Do you have any friends with GT? I do. I'm so blessed. You know, it started off with my initial appointment where my doctor told me about, you know, having glands and thrombosthenia. And I remember instantly thinking, okay, well, I already have a Von Willebrand's community. I am part of the Von Willebrand's community, but what about this part of my life? And so I said to him, you know, how can I meet other patients who have what I have? And, you know, I was 16 at the time. That was really important to me. It still is. And he said, you know, it's probably impossible that you're going to find someone with it. It's just so rare. And I went home and in the car, I just, I remember so vividly thinking, nope, you know, I will find someone. I have to find someone. And so I started looking everywhere and anywhere I could. So I, I searched hashtags. I searched the word online. I searched on Facebook. I searched Almost everywhere and anywhere I could find. I finally, I said to my nurse, my hemophilia treatment nurse, I said, I know you, you can't give me information about someone, but can you give out my information? And she said, yeah, I can if they're willing to contact you. I said, yeah, if you could, please. She said, yeah, we actually have a patient family who lives about an hour and a half from you. And I thought, oh my gosh, no way, an hour and a half. And, she, you know, that girl did message me and... And it turns out her and her sister both have it. And they're both my age. Wow. And only an hour and a half away. Just an hour and a half away out of, you know, having this condition that's one in a million. And they're my best friends. They come to my family parties. I go to their house. We go to camp together. Their parents know my parents. I know her grandparents now. It's just you really become family. 
Well, I think that's such a positive note to end on. Thank you so much, Kathy, for sharing your story and this important information about GT with us that will undoubtedly help so many others out there. It's truly inspiring to hear how far you've come and how much of an impact you're having on the Glansman's community. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of In My Words. If you're interested in seeing Kathy tell her story, check out a video featuring Kathy and her experience with Novo 7. The link to the video can be found in the show notes of this episode. We'd like to thank Kathy for welcoming us to her home and to her school, and for sharing her story and some laughs. Important Safety Information What is the most important information I should know about Novo 7 RT? Your healthcare provider should monitor you for blood clots during treatment with Novo 7 RT. You should not use Novo 7 RT if you have ever had allergic hypersensitivity reactions, including severe whole body reactions, anaphylaxis, to Novo 7 RT, any of its ingredients, or mice, hamsters, or cows. Signs of allergic reaction include shortness of breath, rash, itching, pruritus, redness of the skin, erythema, or fainting slash dizziness. What should I tell my healthcare provider before using Novo 7 RT? Tell your healthcare provider if you have any of the following, as these may increase your risk of blood clots. Congenital hemophilia and are also receiving treatment with APCCs, activated prothrombin complex concentrates. Are an older patient, particularly with acquired hemophilia, and receiving other agents to stop bleeding. History of heart or blood vessel diseases. Tell your healthcare provider and pharmacist about all the medicines you take, including all prescription and non-prescription medicines, such as over-the-counter medicines, supplements, or herbal remedies. What are the possible side effects of Novo 7 RT? The most common and serious side effects are blood clots. Tell your healthcare provider about any side effects that bother you or do not go away, and seek medical help right away if you have signs of a blood clot or allergic reaction. Please visit www.novo7rt.com for prescribing information or call 1-800-727-6500. Novo 7 RT is a prescription medication. You are encouraged to report negative side effects of prescription drugs to the FDA. Visit www.fda.gov medwatch or call 1-800-FDA-1088. Thanks for listening. Interested in hearing something special or want us to help share your story? Reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. See you next time. The health information contained in this podcast is provided for promotional purposes only and is not intended to replace discussions with a healthcare provider. In My Words is produced in New York City and distributed worldwide. In My Words, a Jumo Health production. This episode is sponsored by Novo Nordisk.